You're listening to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast, episode number 31. In today's episode, I interview Alpha Schult of Money Made Simple. I love Alpha's philosophy on the links between money and values. And today we take a deep dive into those concepts to find out how we spend our money and what makes us tick. Enjoy. Welcome to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Joy, and on this show, we talk about inspirational journeys in life and entrepreneurship. Through soulful conversations with inspiring guests, you're sure to get clear, get organized, get enlightened, and get moving on your dream business with the perfect blend of strategy and alchemy. Welcome back to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. Today, I have special guest with me, Alpha Schultz of Money Made Simple. Welcome, Alpha. Thank you, Sharon. It's nice to be here. Hi, everyone. It's fabulous to have you join me. Um, Who doesn't love a chat about money? Um, Or then again, maybe some people don't like a chat about money, but uh, people like you make it simple, make it fun and um, can help us you know, bring it forth in our life and business. So for those of you who don't know Alpha, uh, for 20 years, Alpha has worked in the accounting and finance industry. It was only when she was working with a financial planner for her personal finances that she realized how much she didn't know. This kickstarted her journey to learn more about how money works and then aligning this to a person's core values. The clarity that comes from this knowledge is amazing. Every decision becomes easier and smoother. It also makes it possible to see how our money story holds us back. Money is a tool to help us live the lifestyle we want, find out what your values are and the lifestyle you want, and then make your money match. Alpha's approach is to make sure that you have fun while on this transformational money journey. Welcome once again, Alpha. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today because it feels so good and so aligned. I'm sure this audience is going to love it. Wonderful. So, uh, you know, I want to start by, you know, just saying that I really love that talking about personal core values is a key focus of your work. Like that is a real centerpiece of your work from what I can see. Can you tell us why it's so important to know our own values in order to better manage our finances? Sure. Yeah, it's it's one of those things we never we never get taught about money for starters and we also don't get sort of taught our values. We we live our life and we do things sort of by accident, some things work, some things don't. Whenever we get to a crossroads in life, we kind of like it's this it's this big weight on our shoulders finishing school even, what am I going to study? You know, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And we kind of feel this weight. And as we get older, we sort of realize some of those things weren't really necessary to be as important as they were, but yet we're still, we're still living very uh, randomly. And so what learning about your values or understanding what your values or at least putting the words around them, because sometimes they can be a feeling, but because we are human beings, we like to communicate and we attach words to things to give them meaning. So we have those values as the words that we can explain and understand what we do and why we do it so that when it comes to making decisions and not just about money, it can be about anything. It makes it a lot easier because we go, okay, 
this will this will align with with my my I usually um, focus on three core values. This will align with that, or it won't. And generally, once we find out what our values are, when we look back over things that have happened in our lives that didn't work, you're like. I get now why that didn't work. That was just, and so even in my own journey with the financial planner, um, one of my core values is, is control. So when I look back and I was like, I, I could never outsource this to someone else. Like, what was I thinking? But I didn't know what my values were yet. So when I look back, I was like, yeah, no, no, that's why I was always in there asking questions. I wanted to understand and he couldn't provide that. So that's why I went down my own path and I tend to be a, a self researcher and then I get people to help me with bits that I can't do myself um, but I still like to understand so understanding my values helped me then uh, behave more intentionally and make decisions which have got me to a point where I've really wanted to be um, and I've done it deliberately mm. so that's that's where values it underlies everything that I do with with my clients Oh, I love that so much. You know, um, a big part of my work is values alignment. And I've often told the story about how, you know, my husband wasn't kind of reaching higher in his career and yet it's what he wanted. He wanted to earn more money. And then I did a values alignment with him um, because I'm trained in that as well. And what we actually found was that money or anything to do with money wasn't actually one of his top five values. It, it sort of sat down at number eight. So, you know, it was like, well, there you go. That's, you know, that's the, the proof is in the pudding. And, and, you know, I just love that that is such a key part of your work because I absolutely agree that it's, it's foundational. Like it, it drives everything we do in our life. Yeah. Any sense of dissatisfaction that we have come from that misalignment, but we can't articulate it. We don't know what it is and we're just kind of lost. And especially as, as women um, who have children, you kind of you, your life becomes about your kids for a bit. And then once they get a little bit older and a bit more independent and then you go, oh, what, what did I, what was I about again? What did I want to do? And, and you start to, and without, without that kind of compass, which is what I call the, the values as well, it's really hard to, to kind of get back on track when you start to lose your way a bit. And that will happen to all of us. Even when you know your values, you tend to, to flounder because sometimes you just sort of go on autopilot and then you'll be like, oh, hang on a minute, I need to recalibrate a bit here, but you can do it a lot more intentionally and purposefully. Yeah, oh, I love that. You know, we, we, you talk a lot about money stories as well. And, you know, that is, um, <laughs> we all have them, right? Like we all have money stories. Yeah. I'd love to dig into what kind of impact do money stories have on, on us, particularly as entrepreneurs? And what advice have you got to help us let go of them and, and rewrite new money stories? Yeah, so and in stories um, are very much just it's, it's repartee. It'll be so like a phrase or something that we've heard that we take on and we we believe to be true. Um, I remember in a, a movie once I sort of talked about versions of truth. You're like, no, truth is absolute. I'm like, well, it, it, it all comes down to what we believe is true. Mm. Um, I always have that analogy where, you know, you, you, you hear about someone who might have, they might think they're overweight. They look in the mirror and they see an overweight person, but someone else looks at a very slim person. So it's like, well, who's who's real? Um, so money stories is a little bit like that as well. I hear a lot, oh, I'm not good with money or I'm not good with math. Um, I was never good at math at school. I was always told that, you know, I couldn't do this or I wasn't good enough to do that. And that then places this weight on us that we take and we create these limiting beliefs 
that then form part of who we think we are. And that's part of the story that we tell ourselves. And it can serve us at times if we want to rewrite the story. And it's also one of those, and it's a little bit like habit stories. You can't just get rid of them. You've got to replace them with something. Otherwise, you'll constantly be telling that same story if you haven't replaced it with something else. So that's one way of reframing it as well. But this, the story itself will be, oh, I can't do this. And sometimes it, well, it keeps you small. And sometimes you might want to be small. If you want something better or you want to be able to extend yourself, that's yeah. when you need to start to analyze does that story actually help me? Um, just my mother, for example, always tells, oh, I'm never good at math, but yet she can do anything in her head. Like I might get out the calculator or something, or I might have to like write it down, but she can just do it in her head because they also got taught a bit differently back when she was learning math. And I thought, you're really good at math. I don't know why you ever thought you weren't. And she's like, oh, well, my mother told me I wasn't. I was like, right. Okay. And that was from like 50, 60 years ago. Yeah, it's still there. So it, it they're really hard to to get rid of unless you make that choice. Unless you say, you know what, I'm fed up with this story. I don't like this story. I don't want to be the shy wallflower, or I don't want to be the person everybody relies on, or I don't want to be that. Whatever it happens to be that's holding you back from doing what you want, it's then going again linked to your values. It's like this is this is what I envisage, envisage for myself. And this is the story I need to tell myself to help me get there. And I'm going to make it true. If it isn't right now, I will make it true. So that's that's where the, that reframing comes from. And it does take discipline and, and it does take resolve. And to a certain extent, you have to ignore the people around you who want to keep you in your old story, because that's the other part of it as well. There's a certain familiarity of who you are around that. And when you start to change, it's can threaten some people and make them feel or make them feel uncomfortable at the very least. So explaining the journey you're going on rather than just going, you know, this is me, this is it, just take it or leave it, is not necessarily going to get you where you want to go either because you also want to take people on the journey with you. If you don't, well, then that's a different thing. But if it's your family, for example, they're going to suddenly see this new person and go, oh, my God, what's happening? They're going through a midlife crisis or they'll they'll put some sort of stereotype across and, it. And even, yeah, like I think that that's really relevant, particularly for my audience, because they're often women who had their children maybe, you know, very similar to my own story where they grew up in a similar community, you know, mostly employee friends you know and mm. then and then me deciding that I wanted to step into you know a, becoming an entrepreneur and it was was very different and yeah absolutely right that need to take family and friends on the journey because it was I was literally recreating who I was you know and people needed to adjust to that and I was adjusting to that and and I know that there were times where I made that mistake exactly like you said like you know really like yeah well this is me take it or leave it kind of thing but that didn't necessarily serve me um, and thankfully I woke up quick enough to sort of realize, oh no, this is my journey. I can, I can have both. I don't have to just, you know, like white people, it's not about that, but definitely I can, I can really see how that's played out for me for sure. Exactly what you're explaining. And I know a lot of my audience will resonate. Yeah. Yeah. We're often taught we can have this or that. Well, what about we could have this and that? Yeah. So it's it's about re, and this is part of the money momentum concept as well of going, you know what, we can create the reality we want and ask questions, 
you don't necessarily have to have the answer and you don't necessarily have to have it all figured out, but just ask the question, have a curiosity to go, well, we've always done this this way. Does it have to be like that? Or do I have to be this way? Do I, you know, so the last year we've gone through quite a, a questioning process for my daughter in schooling. So she's now in an independent school, which is quite all sort of different. And we're, we're questioning, do we have to do it this way? No. Okay. Well, what would it look like if we wanted to do something different? How could we make that happen? And with like literally within a month, everything changed. Yeah. So it's, it's about having that curiosity and questioning to go, all right, it doesn't have to be the way it's always been, but it does take a certain amount of courage and resolve in yourself to be able to do that and often having either a support person who will you know will either either get you or will support you no matter what helps Mm -hmm. if not then you're just going to have to have that resolve in yourself and make the decision Um, and you have whatever you're going for has to be important enough for you to do it no matter what yeah you know one of the things that I'm wondering about that Alpha is you know how much do how much does what we consume on social media and the internet and in the news influence our personal money stories? Because, you know, I I work with a lot of soul-led women and they, well, I only work with soul-led women, but they've often been in other places and spaces where there's this influence in the coaching industry that, you know, you've got to get the six-figure, seven-figure, eight-figure, squillion-figure months, you know, otherwise you're failing. And then when, you know, I, I had a conversation with a client, um, you know, the other day and she said to me, you know, I, she was said, you know, I want a successful business and we wanted to dig down into, I was like, well, what does that look like? What actually is success to you? Because it's, you know, it, there's a lot of ambiguity there, right? It's like, well, it could be a whole range of things. And so we got talking about what success looks like. And to her, she said, well, it's a $100,000 a year business. And I said to her, well, I that and that means you don't consider me to be successful. I don't have a successful business. Um, I would have been on track for that this year, but I've changed what I was doing in my office. And so my income has grown ever so slightly, but it hasn't set the world on fire and crossed that said holy grail of success. Yeah. And it really sort of stopped her in her tracks. And I guess, you know, I just want to to riff that with you, you know, here's the other thing is often I find that particularly with my clients, their core personal values isn't necessarily that six figure, seven figure, eight figure kind of thing. It's more like, well, I just want to help more people. You know, I want to help new mums as they, you know, become a mum, survive that. And I want to just have enough to be able to supplement my household income. Mm. So how much does what we consume influence our money story? And also how can that kind of shake, rattle and roll our our core values because again that's where they can end up with that misalignment feeling funky but actually it's not do you see that in your work oh yeah there's um there's an immense amount of comparisons that are done and social media it's mainstream media it's anything we really consume and then how we interpret it as well So while we can take things in what we do with that is then up to us but until we're aware of that we just like absorb, absorb, CC, and then take it at face value. And a lot of it is artificially created anyway. So we're comparing ourselves to something that's not even real anyhow. Um, And 
understanding what we're aspiring to, which again comes back to understanding our values, what it is that we value in life, just as you were saying about your client and yourself too. And it takes a lot of courage and confidence in yourself to go, you know what, I actually don't want to go. I I know that doing certain things will help me reach that, but I don't want to do that. I'm I'm quite happy to, to just reach a certain number of people and it's more about uh, having a community and having a heart-led environment and being a little more um, people conscious rather than money conscious. And this is why, even though this is about money, it actually isn't about money. Mm-hmm. There's some tactical stuff and there's some bits and pieces, which you can just learn. So that part's just learned information and that, that you know, there's checklists and ticks and flicks and you just need to know where to go to do stuff. And that that's, that's all that is. The rest of it is the, is the meat I'm vegetarian, so I'm going to use that word uh, very loosely. <laughs> um, but it's it's very much about understanding that what we see on social media, why would we want that life anyway? Again, coming back to the questions uh, and that curiosity, you see that and you're like, oh, wow, that might look amazing. Or you might see it in a movie and go, oh, that looks great. I don't want that, but I love watching it. It's entertaining. But just recognize that it's just entertainment. It's not reality. Um, so it's it's a little bit like a child looking at all these like my daughter watching I didn't actually let her watch a lot of the Disney princess stories for a long time because it was all about a woman or a girl being rescued by a a man I thought no no that's not reality and also a lot of the the mums were dead and so when she watched a couple of them she's like mama I don't want you to die I'm like oh my god (laughs) there's lots of these wicked stepmothers so we watch these things as children and we just get used to doing that so unless we actually take a break and go, this is, this is just entertainment. It's art. It's, it's not there for, for real consumption. Then we have to, we see things differently. So it's not necessarily staying off social media, but it's taking it for what it is Mm. and not realizing that your self-worth is linked to that. Mm. It's about so much more than that. And it's individual to who you are and only, you know, who, what that is. Um, we need guides like yourself and others to help understand what that is. But then once you recognize it, you can step in it and go, this feels really good. I, I can't believe I took so long to do this or I'm so glad I've done it now rather than in, you know, in the future or never. Yeah, it's really about cultivating that skill of discernment, you know, yeah. which is something I've been talking about a lot at the moment, but discerning oh, even what is the whole truth or what is part of the truth you know people talking about those hundred thousand dollar launches a month but actually not disclosing what came in in dollars in the bank what was actually sales what were the overheads how much ad spend was loaded behind that and all of the other things but you know I think new entrepreneurs and that's largely my audience you know women who are fairly new in business and and haven't been in business before often are still cultivating that skill of discerning, oh, yeah, but that's because, you know, they're only really taking home 30% of that or 25% of that, you know, actually, you know, developing still those skills of understanding the bigger picture. So I think that that's, you know, like just a word of caution, I guess, you know, is to really be aware that don't let that form your money story um, because it's not healthy. No, and as as business owners, you do need to know your numbers. Um, and this is where the story of, oh, I'm not good with numbers or math kind of comes in because that that will hold you back. You, you do need to, and then they're your numbers as well. You're like, this is actually quite exciting. When people, I mean, I'm, I'm an ex-tax accountant, so the idea of minimising tax is something that I've, I've had a 
quite a bit of a focus on. But the fact that you're paying tax is actually really exciting because it means you're earning income. Yes. And that's where you want to be. So it's reframing these things that we think are negatives because, you know, we're like, oh, it's all about, you know, like negative gearing. And I go, to to be perfectly honest, I'm like, I don't understand the concept of buying an asset that you know is going to lose money um, just because you're trying to save a few dollars in tax. There are so many other ways to be more tax effective. But so there's things like that is just reframing it and going, what is it that you really want and why do you want it? I mean, it's the same as businesses um, trying to stay small so they can avoid registering for GST. I'm like, register for GST. It's a bloody great sign in your business. It's an awesome milestone. It means that you're... You know, you're up there, you're yeah, you're yeah. On, on your way to, you know, to grow that. Unless, of course, your value is, is that you want to stay below that threshold for other reasons. But, you know, yeah. I think it's a great milestone for people who, you know, who are wanting to grow a business that would have otherwise replaced a full-time income in another industry, right? Yeah, that's it. It's, and a, then, it's a really good milestone. Yeah, that's it. And why you want to do it. And when you reach those, celebrate them. And that's, again, where the fun comes in because, I'm, you know, it's not just about sort of fun earrings and I love hummingbirds, which is why I'm wearing them, <laughs> but it's it's about just sort of be yourself. Yeah. Um, if you're an outgoing person, be outgoing. If you're not, not. Like it's it's whatever actually suits you mm. um, and or suits the person. So I'm not talking necessarily just about you, but yeah. just your your audience as well. It's, it's yeah. very, we, we need to figure out who we are and recognise our own individual brilliance and figure out how to how to function around everything else yeah. Uh, but yeah so but no I, I'm a yeah definitely registering for GST paying tax these are good things absolutely <laughs> they mean that you're, you're you're making money yeah absolutely and and again just reinforcing that importance to knowing your numbers being afraid of it you know one of my things that I talk about is to gamify it, make it fun. You know, um, yep. we we do that in my membership once a month. We actually all sit down and look at our numbers for the month, um, and it's 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 deliberate and intentional because I know that that doesn't always land for my clients. You know, like numbers don't light them up. They're driven by impact um, over income, but you know it's still important to look at those numbers. But you can make it fun. It doesn't have to be a drag. You know. And they're related. So, and this is the other thing too. Money is, is this whole concept of oh, money is a dirty subject, or we don't want to talk about money. It shouldn't all be about the money. But the bigger you get and the more money you make, the more impact you can actually make. It's not about thinking that you're power hungry or greedy or anything. It just means that the impact you make can expand. Absolutely. And you can do more. So you might even encounter someone who can't necessarily pay for your program, but you can perhaps come up with some sort of in-kind exchange because there is still value in an exchange of sorts, uh, not just giving something away um, because people want to be able to contribute as well. But you might be able to help them in that. And the, the bigger sort of financial buffer you've got, the more ability you have to make impacts to people like that as they're starting out. So it's, it's, it's a tool and it's an energy. So it's if we don't make it so much about greed and hunger and a lot of these these stigmas that have been attached to money, which, again, are stories in themselves, that's what we're trying to break at the moment and replace with something else that's more uh, aligned with the kind of soulful impact that more of us want to make. Yeah, I love that so much. You're speaking my language. So so on that, you know, um, talking about that building money momentum and having fun in the process because that's what it's all about, staying in alignment with values and so on, what does that actually look like and how can we attract that 
kind of money momentum that you talk about into our lives and businesses? So it's, it's about reframing everything that we do. And, and to start with, it's a very conscious effort where you're like, okay, you, you go, might go to the grocery store and your, your child will, you know, there's always, mama, I want this, mama, I want that. And I was like, stop asking me for stuff. And then rather than making it about not being able to afford it, it's about we're choosing to spend this money on something else, mm. you know, because quite often, I mean, I've got one child, so, you know, she asks for a lot of things. Um, and rather than saying, no, 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 it's not not about the the lack. It's more reframing it to the choice that you make about what you spend your money on. Because ultimately, we all make money or make the make money available for the things we want. The amount of times I hear people say, "Oh, I have no money," but they have a kick-ass TV. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like the, I often say that, and then I'm like, "Oh, yeah, that's right." But I'm part owner in a brewery, right? <laughs> okay, that's why the bank balance isn't where I want it to be all the time. But you know, it's like you do forget. You know, it's really easy to sometimes forget that we can. You know, the roof over our house, over our head, is often you know where our money is often tied up, and and it's easy to sometimes think about gee, there's not a lot in the bank this week, but we maybe we've invested that and chosen other things. Yeah, so it's what you then choose to do with it. So reframing the lack into choice. And again, that comes into being proactively uh, making decisions in your life rather than just reacting to situations. And it does take a bit of planning. So unfortunately, that's where you do have to have a bit of an idea of what you want. And then you kind of think about, okay, well, we'll get so so in the way I, I work with, with clients is I have, we start with values and then we sort of work our way through five money pillars and they sort of build on each other. And we do look at the numbers pretty much first, which is from a personal finance perspective, that's net worth. So we have a look at that and we look at income and spending and saving and we always, and the fun part flows through all of it. So particularly in the saving is where I, I always encourage my clients to have a fun fund, I call it, where you have money that goes in there every month so that when you actually do want to do something, whatever your thing happens to be for me it's travel or it has been it hasn't been much lately because of COVID although I've managed to slide things in here and there um so that when I do go away I don't feel guilty at all because that money's sitting there and it's designed for that so that you can enjoy fun and really really relish it without going oh crap the credit card bill is going to hit in you know 55 days or whatever and then then it's not going to feel fun anymore and then you kind of start to resent your fun times because of the feeling they give you later. Um, and that's not the point at all. Yeah, so it's hangover it's, from the fun. <laughs> exactly. That's Everyone right. Wants a fun hangover. It's not yeah. fun. <laughs> and that's not fun. That's right. No, um, no. Being able to go out for dinner when you want to, or get some takeout, like even during COVID, my, my husband had lost his job and um, I, I was working part-time at the time and I was only just starting this. And so, but we could still do takeaway. Like we'd, we'd managed to, to sort our finances in a way that we didn't really have any pressure. The, the main issue was his mental health as a result of his job. It wasn't actually financial. So the, the whole concept is to try and make money almost irrelevant, um, that everything else just, it's just a tool that supports everything. Um, but it's just, it's off to the side and you, you get it sorted. You do some stuff. I'm very much a fan of automation. So this is also mm -hmm. where some of that momentum happens. Um, and sort of the finance term is compounding. Yeah. So you, you put your money right. in the bank or some investments and you just kind of like, is it the eighth it. wonder of the world? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's it. Is it the eighth or is it the seventh? I'm not sure. I can't remember. Yeah, I, yeah, I think possibly more the eighth. But um, yeah, but yeah, so it's but it's that kind of thing. So that yeah. the momentum, and it's all about just start now. It doesn't matter how little you start with. The important thing is just to start because otherwise yeah. you'll look back in ten years and go, oh crap, that ten years has just flown. I really wish I'd started that then when I was thinking about it rather than now. And I'm already 10 years behind, but just start. Yeah, so true. You know, just sort of thinking about that fun fund, you know, I'd love just to to chip into that a little bit more and just get your thoughts on, you know, when entrepreneurs are really new in business, what are your thoughts on whether they should pay themselves even just a little bit from every dollar that they earn? I think so. It's also the energy because, like I said, money is also energy. So there's an energetic um, thing that happens when you pay yourself and you acknowledge that what you do is valuable. Mm. So, again, money is the tool that we do tend to measure tangible value, not human value. And at the moment that gets that gets confused. It we does. attach our, our intrinsic value with the money, the balance we see in the bank. Um, so there's a there's a divorce that needs to happen there. Um, yeah. But there is still an energetic flow that happens. Like if somebody just gives you something for free, we don't tend to value it. You know, say somebody just gave you something, you just chuck it on, a, on the shelf and you go, okay, yeah, whatever. Um, yep. But if you'd bought that, then you'd be like, oh wow, I, you know, I've I really want to, you know, somehow there's a there's a different energy flow. There's a different that goes level with that. of investment, isn't there? there yeah, it's an energetic so investment as well, not just a financial. Yeah. So um so investing in in yourself is paying yourself. So there there is a, an importance. It doesn't even matter if it's not a huge amount, um, but whatever you can actually manage is important. Um, it's also important for your numbers, but it's also important for, for you energetically that you are worthy of being paid out of your business that you are running. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. I think it's so important. You know, it's something that I'm talking to clients about all the time, you know, is just, I've learned that lesson the hard way, you know, and there were several months, you know, over periods of time where I didn't pay myself a cent, and, you know, it, it did erode away at my own self-worth, even though that shouldn't happen. But, it, you know, I mean, there's the, the energy behind that. There's, the, the, but there's also the chemicals behind that, you know. Yeah. That hit of dopamine that we receive, it's like the lab rat. Yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> you see someone buy your product and you're like, oh, my God, you know, this is, it's that feeling. Yeah. Um, but the just other... also just reinforcing those brain chemicals that, yes, this is the right thing. Keep going, you know, like just reinforcing that to ourselves. And it doesn't matter, even if it's a dollar that you pay yourself, you can celebrate the heck out of that dollar, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, And the other thing too is to pay into your super. Because I, I was guilty yeah. of that when I first um, became self-employed. Probably I was going to ask you about that. I was going to slip that one in there and say, what, you know, tell us about super. What's, you know, what do you believe on that? So, yeah, I know there's, there's, a, there's a lot of um, conspiracy theories and, and um, uh, cynicism around superannuation. Uh, and to be honest, I used to, I used to believe that as well. I'd be like, oh, well, I'm not going to worry about that because that's not really my money. It's the, you know, it's the government's money. It actually isn't. It's, it's, mm. it's an individual's money. It's in your name. Part of our it, net worth, right? Yeah, exactly. So in the net worth calculator that I have, mm-hmm. superannuation is included there. Whenever I do my performance reviews of my clients and myself, super is included in there. Mm. Um, and it is, so it is absolutely. And it's, it's, um, it's a really useful tool to be able to save for retirement 
and remove temptation to touch it, even though the government keeps on trying to give people opportunities to do that. And I'm, there's reasons for that, I know, but um, in a tax effective way. Yeah. So I'm I'm a big believer in making sure that you pay not just yourself, but also your, your retirement, which is into super fund, whether it's a self-managed super fund or in, in an industry fund or whatever that, whatever it happens to be, it is important because you'll get to retirement and go, oh my God, I wish I'd done that. And it was, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Because um, I look and, at my- And the thing is, is a lot of my listeners are women who have taken time off employment to have yeah. babies. So they're already behind the eight ball with their super yeah. and now they're building a business. So, you know, they're not, you know, they're either retrained in something else, they're starting a business. And so their super takes like the double hit. Yes. <laughs> because they're, you know, they're no longer in employment. There, um, or maybe they're only part-time in employment, but they also have all that time off. And yeah. I think the other thing with super is, is, you know, it's not always, we don't always make it to retirement. The reality is, is there are some people who through permanent disability or, yeah. you know, chronic illness actually have access to their super earlier. Yeah. Um, and that might be there to sustain them for the rest of their lives well before the age of 65. So, you know, if they're not building, you know, not putting money into that, yeah. um, and I have to admit that's something where I have fallen short in the last couple of years. I've taken up the opportunity to do the $500 before the mm -hmm. end of the 30th of June to... Yeah. Um, to get the extra bonus, or is it a thousand dollars? Put the thousand dollars in, and you get the the co contribution, the five hundred dollar extra government top up. Yeah, I've definitely taken advantage of that a few times um, yeah. early in my entrepreneurial business to help keep that going. Yeah, but you know, I'm guilty that there hasn't been that regular um, input into my super in you know in the last couple of years at least. But yeah, um, yeah I'm really glad that you mentioned that. So what what could what would you suggest would be you know and I know that a lot of the times the answers to this is always it depends because it depends on you know how much you earn it depends on what your values are it depends on what kind of a way you want to finance your retirement but mm. as a bare minimum is there a percentage that you might suggest that people could start with um, from their earnings to put into super yeah, so, I mean, the government's sort of the superannuation um, uh, guarantee percentage has increased. It's out 10%. And I, I actually think 10% is a good amount. Again, it does depend on your age. So if you're getting a little bit older, you might want to up that to, say, 15. So some some people who are like maybe 45, 50-year-olds might want to up that a bit more. Um, but I would say 10% is a good place to start. There, There's a, a dollar value that's sort of like a, a ceiling to get the tax benefit, which is just this year increased to 27,500 a year to go into super. That's obviously, you know, quite a quite a high amount, really. Um, so, but in terms of percentage of, and this is percentage of revenue, not profit, 10%. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's really good to know. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Um, so look, I mean, here we are in the middle of the year hot tips for the new financial year? Um, I would say be intentional with how what you're actually planning to do in terms of business growth and keep your records. So definitely keep your records together. And if you're planning um, sort of larger purchases, like if you need a new laptop, or you need to buy some more gear, or depending on what your business is, you might have a tool that's specific to, to what you need. 
Um, I would definitely make sure that if you need to get that, you could, I mean, you can get that any time of the year whenever you need it anyway. Um, but just make sure that you're record keeping and you figure out the depreciation and that you get the most out of that asset, um, that you record it. Uh, I would say rec I would recommend registering for GST because it's not just about having to collect it from people and on pay it, but you can also anything that you purchase, you can claim back the GST and it's cash back. Yeah. So including business coaching people. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. Coaches, GST registered. Yeah. So you're automatically 10% cheaper on your yeah. on your on your business coaching. Yeah. So it, it does have a lot of value doing that both ways. Mm -hmm. um, definitely right. make sure you pay yourself and also your super fund. So again, set those things up automatically if it's a if it's a defined amount or you can set up percentages or just put a reminder in your in your calendar to do it on a certain date yeah. um if you if you don't if your in income fluctuates and you can't just do a, a set amount um and just on that too alpha i've we've recently discovered that by setting that up as a regular payment into your say personal um, banking mm -hmm. um you know like as a almost like a, an unofficial wage to pay yourself there yeah. are some lenders if you're looking at you know refinancing a mortgage or perhaps taking out a loan there are some lenders that will actually allow that to be considered as wages. Um, mm -hmm. There aren't many that do that, but um, in speaking to our mortgage broker, he actually said that there is a lender that as long as it's very regular, so talking to that, you know, having it automated. So, you know, I know that every Friday I get paid from myself, yeah. um, you know, that money goes across and that's happening um, because part of the reason is, you know, that way we can look at refinancing and, and make that whole process a lot easier. It is harder for those people who have been employed before and move into entrepreneurship to get funding, right? Like it's yeah. hard for, for businesses, um, yeah. people in business for themselves to get lending. It's very, very difficult. And those that's those screws have gotten tighter, yeah. um, particularly with the Royal Commission and things like that. So having that set up um, mm -hmm. is, is so important. You know, it is really 101. And even if it's just the bare minimum that you can afford to pay yourself, and then, you know, you can top up more than that, but it just shows and demonstrates to a lender that you are paying yourself every week consistently and yeah. they'll take that seriously. Yes. And it shows it's a business rather than a hobby, which, yes. is, which is important. Amen. So, yeah. yeah. So just looking at your numbers, right? Being yeah. Your numbers is the difference between a business and a hobby, prioritizing yeah. profit. And even the structure that you have as well making mm -hmm. sure it's fit for purpose. Um, I had a, had a client years ago and she, a, a tax, an accountant had recommended a corporate trust for mm -hmm. her business. And in terms of the amount that she was even ever likely to earn, that was a very expensive, complex structure. Yeah. So it's, it's making sure and still talking to, to an accountant, but again, questioning and going, is this yeah. really necessary? Sometimes yeah. being a sole trader is the way to go or depending on what the industry is that you're in and the business itself you may need to go into a more secure structure like a company um, yeah. structure as well um, and then insurances that go with that too so that's the other probably thing I would recommend um, businesses look into if they do need them and make sure that they tax deduct them then as well so if it's public liability or professional indemnity um, income protection those are all tax deductible.
Mm. Um, so yeah, so that's they're probably the main things I would suggest to, to look at at the beginning of the year. Sorry, the one other thing too is if there's multiple super funds, check that you don't have multiple insurance policies in there. Yeah, because that's a great point. If, if we've been around for a while and nowadays it's an opt-in situation so you don't automatically get insurance so also a good thing to check that you have it if you want it um but if you're if a mass if you've gone through a couple of different employers and every time in the old days you had to change super funds uh so you might have three or four super funds sitting out there yeah. and you're time paying to roll multiple it into fees. one probably I would yeah imagine. roll them into one <laughs> get one lot of insurance yeah. and yeah minimize the amount that you're paying definitely we did that um a few years ago and it was it was you know i mean i was previously employed by the state government but we actually found a better super fund for me so we we moved everything out of there um and you know we're really happy with with where we are now so yeah yeah, there's some really great tips and you know um, I mean even business structure is one of the things I talk about it's really important that people do talk to their accountant and get that advice also their legal team um and someone like yourself like that's you know that's all part of it um you know, I, I started in business as a sole trader. We do have um, a trust structure, a, a family trust, and um, we're, we're glad that we do, but we do have quite a complex um, business, I guess you could say. I, I mean, my, you know, Sharon Joy Coaching is one small part of, of a, you know, a bigger wheel that turns. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, down the track, um, and I'm sure, Alpha, that you would um, speak to this as well, is that, you know, if people have aspirations to perhaps have other types of investments, be they property, shares, you know, um, self-managed super funds and situations, sometimes having, you know, trust structures can, you know, can be better, maybe not, just depends. Everybody's circumstances are different. There's not a one size fits all. No, no. And this, this is where you do need personalized advice in that regard. But yeah, trust structures can help. Again, it depends on, there's a lot of blended families out there yes. nowadays. So trust can help in that regard, um, yes. but it, it has to be super duper clear uh, what the, the, um, the clauses are in that. But anyway, that's, that's, um, that's asset protection. Yeah. Um, but then there's also estate planning, which is another aspect where you can get testamentary trusts. Um, but at the very least, I would very like strongly urge everyone to have a valid will and an enduring yeah. power of attorney. So that that's another thing. I know they're one of those things like, oh, I don't want to think about it. It's just it's too unpleasant to do it. 101. Yeah, you do it once. Well, more or less um, when you get married, they actually become wills become invalid. So you have to redo them. But at least once it's done then and you can you can structure it in a way you get a get a lawyer to do it, not just a will kit that puts it in place that says if once you have children, this is what will change, um, because that also changes how you want things to, to be divided up. But then you don't have to think about it again. Yeah. Unless something dramatic changes in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And enduring guardian as well is another one yes. that I truly believe in. Um, you know, life circumstances in my family over time has yes. showed me that that is, you know, enduring guardian and enduring power of attorney are incredibly important documents. They're not very expensive. No. Um, they're, they're quite easy to organise and, and everybody should have one. It doesn't matter what age you are. Yeah. Um, and, of course, like a will. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't the last thing your loved ones want to worry about if you pass away is that, you know, you're trying to chase for, you know, your super or whatever assets that you may have so getting those ducks in a row is you know it allows you to lean back and enjoy your life more really doesn't it alpha like one less thing to worry about 
And because it, it will, it, it does play on your mind. Like I, I have clients are like, oh, it's just sitting in there. Once it's done, they're like, oh, it's done. Now I can focus on something else because it's created yeah. space for something else. Yeah, it takes up unnecessary mental clutter. That's yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. So many great tips um, for the new financial year, but also for any time. So get those sorted. Um, talk to your professional people. Um, and in a moment, we're going to find out how we can um, get in touch with Alpha and her services. But before we do, Alpha, I've got three questions that I ask all of my guests. Mm-hmm. So the first one is, how would your parents describe what you do for a living? Oh, um. My mother would just say, oh, you just, you just like bring people together and you help people and it's, it's money. You do stuff with money and other things to help people. <laughs> That's how my mom, my dad would have no idea. <laughs> He'd be just like, I don't know, money, something. <laughs> and is that because was there a time when they did know what you did when you were working more in, you know, more corporate type finance spaces? Well, back, yeah, back in my like first career when I was a tax accountant, that was easier because it was, it was a bit more defined, but then I'd get, you know, my dad would be like, well, you're, you do, you do tax, but you don't seem like an accountant. So I'm like, right, thanks dad. I don't know what an accountant's meant to seem like, but anyway. Um, so yeah, it probably was more, uh, more clear then because it fit within a, a, a box that people understood. Yeah. Um, now it's sort of more in the, in the coaching line. And of course my father is, is nearly 80, so he doesn't understand that world at all. No. So he just, no. he just is like, are you happy? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> Love it. Um, Alpha, what has been the most joyous part of your life and business journey to date? Oh, so many. I mean, yeah, one joy, one bigger joy part was having my daughter. But in terms of the business that I that I have, I love watching people get confidence and they just they just they, they end up flying. Some relationships do end. Some relationships are reborn as a result. Um, and that's amazing. Uh, and just watching, I suppose, just the, the coming back to life. Of people rather than just going oh life's a trudge they don't see any any way out of their financial hole you know the debt or whatever and then they start to see it and they're like oh my god I can do this I and then one of my favorites was when I had a client who emailed me and she's like because she works for a non-profit and um, she's like oh we were all told there's no money in the budget this year for for pay rises and then probably about a month into our coaching she emailed me she's like you won't believe this but I just got a pay rise like I didn't even have to ask for it I just got it and I'm going, yeah, because now the universe knows that you'll know what to do with it. So you've created the space for more abundance. And she just, that just set her off and flying. It gave her so much more confidence mm. to, so that she, like there was trust or faith in her. And even just having me have faith in her that she could do it was enough to help her progress. And that, that is just, I, I love that. And when I don't hear from people much anymore, I'm like, they don't need me anymore. At first I was just like, Oh, they're ignoring me. And then I realized they actually don't really need me anymore. And that's exactly where I want to be. I want people to be empowered mm-hmm. so that they actually, you know, I love to stay in touch and hear what people are doing and have that community, but I love that they don't need me anymore. Yeah, There's not a crutch. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it, you know, I love that idea of, you know, I see that really the masculine and the feminine with that client that you were describing, you know, that sort of like that hanging on by the skin of your teeth, like the, oh, the coming from the place of force, force, force. I want the pay rise. I want the pay rise. Um, but when, you know, we make space and lean back, there's that sense of openness and, um, you know, that, that 
openness to receive, you know, being yeah. open to receive, being open and, and that allowing that spaciousness for new things to drop in. Yeah. I just love that. It is. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, like experience has told me that that happens every single time, every single time, you know, yeah. Yeah. It, when I catch myself, you know, the money doesn't feel like it's coming in. And then I'm like, oh, where am I holding on? Yeah. And then I find where I'm holding on and then I let go and all of a sudden an email will be in my inbox. Hey, Sharon, would you like this opportunity? Hey, how about we do this? Hey, new clients dropping in. It's just, it's yeah. definitely, you know, that there's definitely something there. And I think having that, you know, that order into the universe that, hey, I've made space here. <laughs> I'm letting go. Yeah ready to receive That's so it. beautiful love it um and alpha lastly where can listeners find and follow you and also you know work with you as well okay um i have my everything's on my website which is www.money-madesimple.com.au uh, i'm on the social media so instagram is alpha money made simple and on facebook it's mms money made simple uh, and the things I, I offer, I have a program. I'm, I'm actually in the process of redoing it at the moment. So I have in the meantime, a just a, a, a low cost product, which kind of consolidates a lot of what the, the program does and has some checklists. So it's called Focused Finance um, for Busy Women. Um, and it's very, it's very short and sharp. It's, it's designed to help you get quick wins. The program includes some coaching time, um, community, and that I'll be reigniting again in probably about uh, a month or two. So I do have a wait list on my website for that for anyone who's interested. Fabulous. Jump on over and follow Alpha. And um, if you're listening, driving, cleaning, walking, whatever you're doing right now, um, those details will be in the show notes. So make sure that you double back and grab those details. Jump on over and follow Alpha. Um, her work is definitely aligned uh, to, to the work that I do. Um, it speaks so strongly to me, all of the things that we've chatted about today. And um, thank you so much for your time. It's been so great to have you. Oh, it's been really lovely chatting with you, Sharon. I'm very excited to see how you're going as well and progressing and, and expanding that impact. It's wonderful. Thanks, Alpha. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Joy. Jump on over to find me on the web at SharonJoyCoaching.com. 